0: There's a new series called Origins, the beginning of everything. And last Sunday, we just looked at Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God. And I said, why should we believe in God? And we talked about why we should believe in God. And uh, we're going to skip forward uh, today to Genesis chapter 4 and just read a few verses. Uh, We'll get back to Genesis 2. Two, 1 and 2 and 3 as we talk about the origin of life and the origin of sin and the origin of the plan of salvation and the origin of the family and the origin of marriage and all those kind of things over the next few weeks. But Genesis chapter 4 has a lot of firsts in it. Uh, the, uh, the the origin of false religion, the, 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 uh, uh, the origin of self-dependence and the rejection of God, of irresponsibility and selfishness. Now, of course, that goes back to the To uh, Genesis uh, chapter 3 and the origin of sin, but in Genesis chapter 4, maybe what drove my mind to this chapter, the first child ever born is mentioned in Genesis chapter 4, the first brothers, the first siblings ever, Genesis chapter 4, the first murder ever, Genesis chapter 4, and so today I'm going to be focusing just for the next 5 or 10 minutes on Cain and Abel the origin of selfishness and service. You know, they just, those two things just kind of go together. We're one of the two things. We're either selfish or we care about other people and we get involved in service. Genesis chapter four, verse one says this. Now Adam knew his wife, Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. Now maybe, maybe her thoughts were going back to Genesis chapter three where God, uh, after sin, God had said to the, to the serpent, Genesis 3.15, I'll put enmity or animosity or hatred or hostility between you and the woman. Between your seed and her seed, the word seed capitalized, speaking about Jesus himself. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So maybe she thought that, oh, it's happening already. You know, God has given me the man that's going to do this. But nothing happened. And as time went by, verse 2 says, she bore again. She had a second child, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain was a tiller. Of the ground. And the entire chapter contrasts these two brothers. And by the way, Adam and Eve had a lot more children. Read chapter five, you'll find out they had a lot more children. But these two children are mentioned because the progress of history is connected to them, and the only other child of Adam and Eve who's mentioned, Seth, in the next chapter. And since these boys were involved in their life's work, we know they're growing up. They're they're young men, at least, by this time. And no doubt, as they were growing up, mom and dad taught them about God and how to properly worship God. And so verse 3 says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Verse 4, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, the Lord showed, faith, showed favor on, in his, on Abel and his offering, but verse 5 says he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Now, we can make a lot of contrast between these two sacrifices. We don't, it's not a point today. We don't have the time to do that. But basically, one was a sacrifice of faith, and the other was a sacrifice of faith. Uh, self of uh, putting us uh, putting self first. Now Cain's lack of faith in God is made even more evident by his reaction to God's judgment. Verse six. So the Lord said to Cain, "Why are you so angry? And why is your countenance fallen? Do you ever get that way? You, I mean, you know what it's like. You get really mad or really sad or really shocked, and it shows on your face. You can't help it. It's just there. And that's what happened to him. And God said to him. Why are you so mad? And why has your face fallen? And in verse 7, he said, If you do well, will you not be accepted? Uh, So God begins to talk to him. Look, it's not the end of the world for you. I have something for you. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And it's desirous for you, but you should rule over it. God was willing to accept Cain, just as he was willing to accept Abel, and he explained to Cain uh, what that meant. The New Living Translation reads like this for verse 7, God speaking to Cain, you will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what's right, then watch out, because sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. That's true for each one of us, by the way. Sin and Satan want to destroy our lives, our happiness, our fulfillment, our marriages, our families. Uh, sin crouches like a wild animal waiting to pounce on us. And the answer to sin is the same for us as it was uh, for Cain. Uh, the answer to sin is it starts with this faith in God through Jesus. That's what we call salvation, Right? Faith in God through Jesus, that's what makes us a, a, a part of the family of God. That's what, uh, that's what washes away our sin. That's what gains us entrance into heaven. But when it comes to overcoming sin in this life, there's another part to that. The answer to sin is faith in God through Jesus and faithfully following him each day by serving others. Uh, you want to overcome sin? In your life, trusting in Jesus isn't enough. You've got to follow Jesus through the day each day. And that involves putting other people first and serving other people and not making life all about yourself. But Cain wouldn't be dissuaded from his sin. He was determined to rebel against God. So verse 8 says, now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. The first murder. Verse 9, then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? But there's other things happen later in the chapter, but we're going to stop there. I think we're a lot like Cain. How should I know? Am I supposed to take care of this kid? Is this my responsibility here? We sound a lot like Cain from time to time. I have my own problems, right? Uh, I, 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 let him take care of his problems. He made his own bed. Let him lay in that bed. If I don't care, take care of myself, who will? And you know, one of our favorite Christian excuses is that's not my gift. That's not my gift to, to help in that area right there. Okay? What a Christian excuse. Sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? That's not my gift. I don't have the time, the money, the energy, the expertise. Someone else could do a better job than me. All kinds of excuses. Selfishness and service. Two sides of the coin. What can we learn from Cain and Abel about selfishness and service? By the way, selfishness means to be concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself. And service is helping other people, or Christian service refers to serving others as slaves. Now, of course, I don't have time to, to totally develop that. Uh, Cain is mentioned three times in the New Testament. Abel is mentioned four times in the New Testament. They're mentioned one time together uh, in the New Testament. Uh, the last, uh, the, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the most significant places where Cain is mentioned is in 1 John Uh, chapter 3 and I don't have time to read that and I'm not going to today but it's clear from this passage of scripture that Cain is the example of what not to do and that from the beginning from the beginning of the gospel and from the beginning of time God has taught humans to love and to serve each other our natural tendency is to be selfish to always put our own needs above others because after all I'm young and I'm just getting started you know, so I can't do that I'm old and I'm worn out, so I can't do that uh, anymore. It doesn't pay anything. I can't do that. Well, let me just close. I wish I could put it together every, every, the way I want to, but I want to close with this passage of Scripture, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, with the thoughts of Cain and Abel in mind, with what, the thoughts of what Cassie has presented to us in such a powerful way this morning. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Brethren, and by the way, that, that, that is the word brothers, but it means brothers and sisters. And some translations put brothers and sisters. Brethren, if a man, and that word is not a male human being, but it's a, a member of the human race. So brothers and sisters, if a member of the human race is overtaken in, a tresp- in any trespass, you who are spiritual Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Go back to that word overtaken. If another member of the human race gets overtaken, gets caught, some translations say caught in the sense of caught in the trap, gets overcome by some sort of, and violates God's laws in some way, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to restore. That person in a spirit of gentleness, considering ourselves, look, we could fall into the same thing. How do we do that? Verse 2 Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There are times when the load gets too much for you to bear by yourself, there are things that that all of us are overcome with. We have our own load, we have our own responsibility, and we have to be responsible. But sometimes, and some things, it's just too much. The Embrace Grace video, you know, where the girl realized she's pregnant and it was kind of difficult to see what was happening, but she was drowning. You know, she was going down uh, in the water. And, and, and every time she was met with more resistance, it was like she was drowning. She was going down. She couldn't handle it herself. Those burdens that we bear sometimes, you can see in this passage of Scripture, if a person is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual do this. Those burdens may involve our own sin. We bring it on ourselves a lot of times, and it's too much uh, for us to bear. Sometimes we bring it on because of our own bad decisions or our own wrong actions, But when people around us are overtaken, we are to help bear that burden that they cannot bear on their own. But I don't have the time. I'm too young, but I'm too old, but I have a husband, I have a wife, I have children, I have a job. I need time away. I got to have some time to relax. I'm afraid. A lot of us are afraid of things. I can't do it. Ministry which means serving others when they're overburdened. Ministry is inconvenient. People need help at the worst time, always, always the worst time. It's inconvenient, it's costly, and it's scary. Now it's true that you can't do everything. I understand that, and I'm not asking you to do everything. I'm just asking you to do something. Uh, most of us don't err on the side of doing too much, maybe too much for ourselves. But we usually err on the side of not doing enough. And I could talk about a lot of things that could be done here, uh, you know, and uh, uh, some things that just need to be done because they need to be done, not because you want to do them or because you're gifted to do them. Just, they just need to be done. But I'm going to ask you to do this. Sometimes we got to try things that scare us. And so I'm just asking you this morning as I close to pray about becoming a mentor to these young women that Cassie mentioned this morning in the Embrace Grace ministry, or uh, she presented some things uh, about the Safe Harbor ministry that I was unaware of, some opportunities for service for both men and women in that particular ministry. So I would encourage you to pray about that and talk to Cassie. I promise you this, she's pretty enthusiastic about it, but she won't put over much pressure on you, okay? She she knows better than to do that. So just talk to her about what the possibilities are, and if God is working in your heart, don't turn him away by saying, I just can't do that. I have this, I have that, I have something else. Remember Genesis 4, 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is yes. (laughs) Yes, you are your brother's keeper and your sister's keeper and your friend's keeper, whoever God puts in your life. Yes, you are their keeper and they are yours. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for, I thank you, Father, that you love everybody so much that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price of their sin. And I ask you uh, to give us of your grace and your mercy so that we would want to invest our lives in those who are overburdened. In Jesus' name, amen.